Welcome, lovely listeners, to another sensational season of the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast. We're jazzed to kick off season five, where sparks fly and love stories come alive. I'm your host, Andrea LaRosa, the Cupid of conversation here to guide you through the thrilling world of modern dating. Whether you're a hopeless romantic or seasoned swiper, this is your go-to spot for all things love, lust, and everything in between. This season, we're turning up the heat with even hotter topics, sizzling guest appearances, and real-life love tales that will make your heart skip a beat. Get ready to dive deep into the secrets of successful relationships, unravel the mysteries of attraction, and navigate the sometimes choppy waters of dating in the digital age. So buckle up, dear listeners, whether you're single, taken, or it's complicated, there's something for everyone here on Date Smarter, Sexier. Now let's get the romance rolling. Your journey to smarter, sexier dating starts right now. There have been so many debates lately that I've heard from other matchmakers, dating coaches out there, and people who kind of push back a little bit against my book. Um, Those of you who don't know, I wrote a book called Get the Girl, Dating the High Value Woman. And this topic of conversation about the high value woman has really stirred up some shit. (laughs) I think part of it is because we have this assumption that if we're talking about a high value woman, if you don't fall into this category of high value woman, that means you're a low value woman. And I don't think life is that black and white, personally. If you do, that's fine, but there's gray areas in between for everything. And I really want to kind of hit some of those gray areas today. So the question today is, is the high value woman a unicorn? If you don't know what that term unicorn is, I really, really suggest checking out this YouTube video. It came out like, I don't know, some years ago, maybe 10 years ago. No, I don't know. Anyways, I feel old right now. There's a YouTube video of this guy who created the crazy hot matrix. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest looking it up on YouTube for entertainment purposes. Don't put too much into it, but also he's not completely wrong. (laughs) So the idea behind it is that he created a matrix that said the hotter a woman was, the crazier she is. And the women who have the super cool personalities aren't usually very good looking. They're the pretty girls, not the gorgeous women. If she's a 10, smoking hot 10, then she's probably a 10 on the crazy matrix as well. Now, his whole theory was that there are very few women who are a unicorn, who is extremely good looking super hot, and super cool, really chill, great personality. The women who fall in that category were considered unicorns. Now, to define a unicorn, it is something that is unusual, rare, or unique. So a person who is very attractive and has a fabulous personality, that's your unicorn. 
So now the question is, is the high value woman a unicorn? And we've spiraled this conversation of high value women to the point where I just listened to a podcast the other day where they were talking about how they really hate this term of high value when it comes to women. We don't use it so much with men for some reason, but we really should. It should just be the high value person and not woman. So by bad, I probably should write book number two and talk about the high value person, but I think I'd like to stay away from this topic now. <laughs> so look, here's my take on what high value means. Everyone has a different definition. Everyone has their own perspective of high value. So at the end of the day, you need to look at what you consider high value. Here's the whole point. And I'm going to say it now instead of waiting to the end after I explain this all. The point of me explaining high value is to remind people that we want to attract high value, right? We are usually, as people, attracted to someone who's ambitious, who's a go-getter, who's got a zest for life. A lot of times, and Tony Robbins kind of uh, cornered this whole idea of we are attracted to those who are the people that we want to be, right? The people that we strive to be. We're very attracted to that, which is why I wrote this book originally, was to talk about why I hear so many men say, I am highly attracted to the smart, independent, successful woman. But then on the flip side, I know a lot of women who fit that category who are still single and struggle to date. And so I wanted to explore why this is happening. Okay. So I summed it up with high value. Maybe it shouldn't have been high value. Maybe I should have just stuck to the really long <laughs> definition of that smart, independent, strong personality, which is pretty much what high value is. But my take on high value, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to you straight out of the book. Okay. So if you haven't read the book yet, that's totally fine. Um I came up with seven different elements of what makes the high value woman. Number one. I say that she can take care of herself, okay? I think anyone who is a high-value person can take care of themselves. In fact, there's this guy that I follow on Instagram. I watch all of his reels. I forget his name. Um, and he's always talking about like if she can pay $1,500 a month in bills, which in California, that's not even rent, dude. But I could see that being an issue in other states that being really high. But anyways, his point is if she can take care of herself and pay over $1,500 a month in bills on her own, that's the high value because she doesn't need you to take care of her. So that's the idea of like the high value person. I'd much rather say person than woman because men, you guys are the same, can take care of themselves. They don't need you to take care of them. They want you in their life. They want a partner, but they don't need you to fix things. They don't need you to take care of them. Uh, so <laughs> there's that idea. Okay, that's concept number one. Number two, the high value woman or person is not afraid to walk away. 
So they know their worth. They know that they may have to walk away from a potential relationship if it is not healthy. Okay. And I'm not talking about serving, not self-serving behaviors. Knowing your worth, knowing that, let me give you an example. So you meet someone, you start dating, and he isn't giving you the time and attention that maybe you're used to. Because to be fair, everyone moves at different paces. And I think we've talked about this in previous weeks. So the high value woman is okay with having that conversation with him. She's not just going to turn around and walk away and say like, well, he's not giving me the time and attention that I deserve. So bye. Okay. That's not high value because that's not, it. it's not of quality. It's not a quality trait to have. A quality trait to have is to be able to have an open and honest conversation with someone to say, you know, this is what I'm used to. I'm not sure what you're used to. Let's talk about this. Because he just might be playing the game. He might just be, you know, trying to play it cool, but really does want to spend more time with you and just doesn't want to scare you away and doesn't know what your level of comfort is. So the idea is that she is not afraid to talk about it. And then if it's not, if you're not on the same page, she'll walk away instead of bending her value system to meet his needs. That's, that's, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Number three, she's aware that when a mate doesn't want her, it's a not about her. That's a really tough one for most people in general. I think we especially nowadays, we take things so personally. If someone is not interested in us, we get really hurt and that's fine. We're human. But the idea is that somebody of high value understands that when someone doesn't want to be with you, they know that it's not about them. It's about the other person. If somebody doesn't want to date me, then we're not a good match. We're not a good fit. And I get that. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, though. It doesn't mean that the high-value woman is this cold-hearted bitch who doesn't give a shit. And she's just like, I want what I want, and I'm just going to walk away from anything that isn't what I want. That is not of high value. High value is – a high-value person is somebody who does the work on themselves. They are striving to do better and be better. A high-value person is not some asshole who's self-serving and – is willing to throw people aside because it's not what they want. That is not at all what high value means. And I think there's a lot of confusion around that. Okay. Number four, high value women usually also have a high standard. Standards are not expectations. I talk about this, I think, in chapter four of the book. Standards and expectations are very different. Okay. A standard is built off of your value system And a high-value person isn't going to compromise their values. That's all that means, to have high standards. But they believe in equality. So having a high standard means meeting someone at the same level. An expectation is something completely different. Read the book if you want to know more on expectations. (laughs) Okay, number five, high-value woman can embrace her vulnerability. That's really tough for a lot of people, and I think 
you know, since we've kind of come out of the pandemic, our ability to socialize has been affected. For some people, you know, you were still really social during the lockdown. Um, For others, you weren't. And for me myself, like, I was extremely extroverted. I was that person who wanted to be friends with everyone. I went to every freaking event in my town. I went to every networking thing. I was hosting networking events. I was busy all the time with different groups of people. Then the pandemic happened, lockdown happened, and I became kind of introverted. And it's taken me a while to come out of that and to want to be around large groups of people. And it's not like a fear of getting COVID or anything like that. It's just, I guess I just kind of went inside a little bit too much maybe. (laughs) So now I'm more of an ambivert than an extrovert. And that's fine. But that happened to a lot of people. You know, a lot of people kind of went from this, I'm super extroverted, I have to be out and doing all these things and socializing to socializing is now a little bit more challenging. I don't have the attention span or I don't have the desire to have these bullshit conversations about the weather with 10 million different people or whatever it is, right? So it's it's being able to recognize who you are, what you can handle and open up to it and be very vulnerable about it. Dating in general is tricky because it's scary. You meet someone, you go on a first date with them. And honestly, if you can get to a place where you're open and vulnerable with them out the door right on that first date, it doesn't mean overshare. It just means open and vulnerable. But if you can do that right away, then you're going to bond. You're going to connect on a deeper level faster. But we don't tend to do that. We tend to go on first dates and have really surface conversations, which is why with like my clients, I tell them three to five dates. Try and push for three to five dates if there's no real deal breakers or red flags. And the reason for the three to five dates is because Statistically speaking, after date five is usually around when you know if this is going to lead somewhere. Like there's an interest for potential relationship. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep at it. I'm going to keep pushing through. I think I talked about it maybe last week or a week before. Anyways, but the three to five date thing is because in those first few dates, you're talking about your hobbies a lot. You're talking about your work. You're talking about things that excite you, but not always the vulnerable things. Um, you might talk about very generic conversations. You might talk politics. For some people, that's very vulnerable. And for others, it's very surfacy. So the sooner that the two people can be vulnerable with one another, the sooner you're going to be able to see whether or not this is going to head towards the direction of a relationship. And it also is, it's a a positive trait to have about yourself, to be able to be vulnerable. It doesn't mean overshare. Vulnerability is not about oversharing by any means. It just means that you're, you're open to certain conversations that might be slightly uncomfortable. 
Okay, number six, the high value woman is also going to be outspoken. And I probably should have clarified this a little bit better. <laughs> outspoken doesn't mean asshole. So like if somebody asked me, Andrea, do you think you're a high value woman based on number six? <laughs> All right. So I could learn how to probably be outspoken with compassion a little bit more. And I do strive for that. I work really hard on it because anyone who knows me personally knows that I get to a breaking point and I have no filter and it's rude and it's unnecessary. And I work really hard to, to be aware of this really shitty quality that I have. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. It's getting better, but I can be very outspoken about my opinion on certain things. Not everything though. So the idea that a high value person is outspoken, it just means that they have opinions that they value and they honor that. They honor their opinions. But I guess what I should have said was somebody who's outspoken but is respectful of other people's opinions as well because that's really the true essence of that quality is, yes, they are outspoken. They're not afraid to speak their mind, but they're also very respectful of other people's opinions. Um, which I do try very hard to be very open. It's just my face sometimes doesn't know how to not say its own thing. My mouth may not say that I'm being judgy, but my face could be something to work on, right? We all have shit we need to work on. And the last one is that she is self-aware. So somebody of high value is extremely self-aware. They know what they need to work on. They know where they're struggling and they know they know who they are, right? It doesn't mean they're perfect. A high value person is not somebody who is perfect. It means that they are working on themselves. They are doing what they need to do to be a better person, to give back to their community, to you know, be a partner in a relationship. Okay? So those were my definitions of a high-value woman, okay? Ready for a date night that pops? Look no further. Dive into the heart of downtown Slow and uncover the hidden gem that is Region, your go-to tasting room and bottle shop for an unforgettable date experience. Here's our exclusive offer to you. Stroll into Region any day and whisper the magic words, Date Smarter 10 at checkout. Voila! Enjoy a cheeky 10% off any wine purchase because who doesn't love a little savings with their Sauvignon? Hey, Date Smarter Sexier fans. Ready to dazzle on your next date? Discover Opulence Boutique. Sexy fits that help you get a second date. Shop dresses and unique pieces that accentuate your beauty and style at Opulence Boutique. Date Smarter Sexier listeners get an exclusive 15% off discount. Use code DATECHIC, D-A-T-E-C-H-I-C. That's Opulence Boutique, size inclusive, affordable luxury. In the dating world, I hear a lot of experts compare high value status, right? 
I've heard one person compare like a prince to a peasant, that the high value woman is like that prince level, but everyone else is that peasant level or high value being educated versus uneducated. You notice I didn't put anything in my definition that has to do with education level because I know so many people who are not formally educated. They're, they don't have a college degree, but they are so fucking smart. They are some of the most intelligent people I know and some of the most self-aware people I know. So I, do, I really truly do not believe that you have to be formally educated to be intelligent. So I don't think that defines high value. But again, that's only my opinion. And if you look up high value and other experts in the field, they're going to have different definitions of high value, okay? Another good example is somebody who is a homemaker versus someone who has a job outside the home. Again, that doesn't define if someone is of high value. I'm sorry to say, but it's, it is hard work to be a stay-at-home parent. Hard. It is not an easy job to have. You know, you have to remember that if you have children and you have a job outside the home, you get a break from it, right? You go to your job and then you come home to the family. The stay-at-home parent never gets a break. Unless you are a stay-at-home parent who has the means to hire a nanny to come in and allow you to have breaks from being home with the kids and being at home cleaning and cooking and whatnot. But not everyone does. That's that's not a status that most people realistically have. So again, somebody who's high value is not defined by their job either because being a homemaker, being a stay-at-home parent is a damn hard job to have. And I respect anyone who's willing to do it. I don't, I don't know if I could do it, to be honest. Okay. So again, my point is that if someone is of high value, it does not mean that everyone else is of low value because it's not all or nothing. It's a spectrum. It's really looking at, you know, where someone sits. So does that mean we have to define what someone of low value is. I just don't, I don't know. I did. (laughs) And someone of low value can do the work and become high value, right? You know, think about moments in your life. Have there been moments where you look back and you're like, wow, that was a shit show. Like I was in a really dark place, but I did the work and I'm good now. I've come out of that place and, you know, I feel good about myself. I have, you know, I'm confident. I have self-esteem and I've, you know, read books or, you know, gone to therapy or whatever it is. So it's calling someone low value. It's just it's shitty. And I, I would never do it, but just to give the flip side of, you know, if you're not high value, then you're not low value, but some traits that could potentially not allow someone to define themselves as a high value person, I guess, for lack of a better way to explain this, someone who lacks self-respect. 
Okay. So this can come up in a lot of different ways. Um, It could be putting yourself down all the time or tolerating disrespectful behaviors from other people, maybe not standing up for your own needs and boundaries, not your opinion necessarily, but your needs and boundaries, especially boundaries. Um, I just, that is lacking self-respect. When you let people walk all over you, not let, we do allow that to happen. Everyone does. Even high-value people do. But I think someone who can recognize that about themselves and work through it or learn how to set better boundaries or communicate what their boundaries are. But I do think it is, you know, a behavior that is not of that high value. Um, Over-dependencies, right? Interdependence is healthy in a relationship. But if you're over-dependent on someone, whether it's emotional, financial, um, it just it can be viewed very negatively, right? We don't want to feel like we're overly dependent on someone else to take care of us, especially emotionally. That can that puts a lot of power in someone else's hands and we want to take back that power. We don't want to be overly dependent on someone else. We want, we don't want to be hyper independent either. So it's finding that balance of setting those good boundaries so then that way we can be independent or interdependent. You know, any trait of dishonesty or manipulation, I hear a lot of people talking about narcissism. And I'll do an episode on narcissism another time, but a lot of the narcissistic traits that people are complaining about is that dishonesty and that manipulation piece, right? So if you are talking about how you feel like you're being manipulated by someone or they're always playing these mind games with you, is that not a low value trait? Like, can we not call it that? That's sure as fuck not a high value trait. If someone's trying to manipulate me or constantly play mind games with me, I feel like it's fair to call that a low value trait because that's a really shitty thing to do to another person. That's not high quality. I don't want to date someone who's like that. I don't want you to date someone who's like that. I think it's fair to say that's low value. Someone who's unwilling to communicate or compromise so relationships are, are partnerships, right? There's a reason why I keep using that word partnership is because if you're in a relationship with someone, it's a partnership. It's two ways. You know, it's not a 50-50 all the time because sometimes people go through things in life and they need more support from their partner. But it is a partnership. And if you are unwilling to try to communicate or even compromise, you don't want to listen to what your partner's needs are. You're so focused on what your needs are that you're not aware of what your partner needs. That can really get in the way of growing a healthy relationship. So is it a high value trait to be unwilling? I don't think so. And it's not that you can't communicate. I'm not saying it's an ability, but rather it's a willingness to try 
a willingness to try and compromise, to meet your partner halfway on things, to attempt to communicate effectively. Communication is difficult. It's the one thing across the board I hear everyone say is, I want somebody who can communicate well. And then on the flip side, I hear a lot of, I'm a good communicator. And then I work with them and realize, well, you're actually not a good communicator because you're very aggressive in the way you communicate or you're very passive aggressive in your communication. And so it's teaching people how to effectively communicate. So in fairness, when people talk, they think they're communicating. So we're talking about a willingness to communicate. You don't have to be great at it. We all have room for improvement, but it's just making the effort, right? Okay, moving on. Other low value traits, chronic negativity. If somebody's always pessimistic about things, always complaining about either their partner or situations, they never can see anything positive. Um, if they're really irresponsible with either their finances or their personal health or other obligations, um, anything that's abusive or hostile behavior, verbal, emotional, physical abuse, that's fucking low value, right? Like there's nothing remotely high value about that. If they lack empathy or if they're extremely superficial and materialistic uh, about money, about looks, about social status, like I just don't see how any of these traits can be considered of high value. Now, granted, we all have these traits in us. We, you know, we'll be negative sometimes. We'll get in a bad mood and be negative. We're talking about chronic negativity. Can't come out of it ever. Every single day, same thing over and over again. So I'm talking about extremes. I'm not talking about the occasional day here and there where you're, you know, being negative or the occasional day where you're just feeling really materialistic and you want to go shopping and you're just all about all the things that you're buying. Like that happens. We all go through that. I'm talking about what's rooted in our personality, our, our traits and qualities of who we are. I personally think a lot of those are low value. So is it fair to say there is a low value and there is high value? Yep. Is there everything in between as well? Sure is. It's called the gray area. So who decides what to value? You do. Ultimately, you decide. I'm just here to tell you what, as a professional, what I see and where I see these on the scale of value. But at the end of the day, you have to decide what is high value to you, what is low value to you, what's the gray area. Okay. You and the other person that you're going to be in a relationship with, those two people have to come together and know how they value themselves. And are you on the same page? The whole point of this, yet again, and the purpose of me writing Get the Girl was because I was consistently hearing men say, that I am attracted to women who are independent and strong and self-sufficient and she doesn't need me. But then as soon as I match them up with women like that, they freak the fuck out and go, oh my God, I don't know what to do with her now. She doesn't need me. (laughs) Okay, you're right. She doesn't need you, but she wants you. 
She wants you in her life. She wants to get to know you. She likes you. She's enjoying time with you, but she doesn't need to be fixed because she doesn't feel broken. We all have growth we have to do, but doesn't make us broken. Okay. So that is the idea of a high value woman. Sure. She might be a unicorn. I don't know. I'm not really sure how I feel about putting those two together because, you know, that crazy hot matrix and where the unicorn falls, it kind of almost presents like maybe there's only like 10% of people out there that might be considered a unicorn. And I think there's probably 90% women that are high value. So whether they're the same, I don't, I don't really think so, but that's just my opinion. Ultimately, when you are defining yourself. So if you are a woman listening to me right now and you're like, all right, well, am I high value? I mean, I think I have some of these qualities. Then yeah. Do you feel like you're of high value? Then you're high value. No one is going to sit here and tell you that you're low value, that you're high value. And we shouldn't be labeling people. This should all be introspective. So how do I feel? Do I feel low value? I want to be high value. What can I do to feel high value and do the work? That's all. It's not for us to go around and point the finger at other people and say, you know what? You're low value. We do that shit with narcissism. It drives me absolutely fucking crazy. We go around and pointing fingers saying like, oh my God, they're a narcissist. I can't tell you how many calls I get on every week where somebody comes in saying like, I want to hire you to coach me. Because my ex was a narcissist and I don't want to attract that again. Okay, great. Have they been diagnosed? No. How do you know they're a narcissist? Because I diagnosed them. We're, we're diagnosing people. Sure. Narcissistic traits. Yep. Seeing them everywhere. Easy enough to do. But we're diagnosing people as narcissists. We're doing the same shit with high value. We're going around and pointing the finger and saying, you're high value. You're high value. You're not. But that's not the point of this. And that's not why I wrote this book. It was not to look at other people and say, you're high value, you're low value, you're a unicorn, you're not, you're crazy, you're hot, whatever. You're 10, you're a five. It's not to rank people. It's not to put titles and labels on them. It's for you to look inside and decide for you. How do you feel? Do you bring your best self every day? Do you? Because I know I try. And do I bring it every day? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) But I do my best. And that's really all we can ask of ourselves. So I want you to really think about it. Go back through. um, Think about what high value is. Think about what low value is. And look inside of yourself. Do you feel good about yourself? If you're like, yeah, Andrea, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't really have too many of those low value things. Cool. Then that's what you are going to attract when you are looking for a relationship. But all those low value traits, if you are sitting in the majority of those right now, that's what you're going to attract into your life when you're looking for a partner, when you're looking to date, when you're looking for a relationship. So that's what I'm leaving you with not to point the finger at other people, not to judge other people, not to call other people high value, but to look inside and whether or not to determine if 
you feel like you are a high value person. With that, I'm going to leave you and I'm going to remind you to keep dating smarter, keep dating sexier. Thank you for listening to the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast. I am Andrea LaRosa, the founder of Date Smarter Matchmaking, where our goal is to match you with quality dates so you don't have to waste time swiping endlessly on apps or get ghosted before the date. We are putting fun back into dating. For more tips, please subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming site or download Get the Girl Dating the High Value Woman on Amazon and Audible's.